0: Am I supposed to come up now? Yeah, okay. I was like, uh, okay. (laughs) So, good morning, everybody. Um, I am glad to be up here, and I'm always humbled when Sean asks me to come preach or to teach. And this morning, uh, we're going into the New Years, and a thing that's been on my heart for the last month and a half, it's been like every time I go to preach a sermon, um, it seems like God makes me live out what I'm preaching. and this last month and a half has been one of the most um, <laughs> exciting times in my life, one of the most stressful. Um, come to a point to where I, I call, what I'm going to go through is one of our points is love the gospel and then it's like the gospel divine or uh, divide. So, so we're going to go through Matthew 16 is where we're going to start today. I'm going to pray And then um, we'll jump into the scripture, and then I'll give you kind of the historical background of where we're at, and then uh, kind of go into the message. Father, I thank you for uh, your mercies, God, and I openly confess that my sin is great, but your grace is greater. And God, I pray today that you would use me, and God, that you would speak through me, and that I would put away anything that is of myself, and that I would uh, honor you, and that you would get all the glory. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew 16, verse 24 through 28. Uh, Sean said last week the hard sayings of Jesus, and we're going to hit a whole bunch of those hard sayings this morning uh, and kind of just go through of what looks like to love the gospel and to love Christ. Uh, So verse 24, it says, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever... for But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with angels in glory of the Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in the kingdom." And then in Luke 9, it kind of parallels that exact same verse. Uh, But the only difference that you really see is, uh, so 9.23, Luke 9.23, and it says, And and he said to all of them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. And so in a society, uh, so the cross represents a lot of stuff. Sometimes it's a rapper's bling that he wears around his neck. You know, so we have a lot of cross wearers that go out into the culture and they wear crosses, but we do not have a lot of cross-bearers. So the church has kind of digressed a little bit in in their culture of how we go. You know, we think it's cool and hip to put on a cross, but we don't live out the gospel. And so the gospel goes a lot deeper than just believing in Jesus. It's a confession of Christ, and so as, as we start Looking towards the gospel and loving the gospel. It's not just wearing a cross. It is bearing your cross And so daily we get up and we bear our cross and so as we bear our cross and as we grow in Christ One way to bear your cross is to pray. One way to bear your cross is to read your Bible One way to bear your cross is to witness to your neighbor One way to bear your cross is to take on your neighbor's burdens and to help them out when you see them struggling so there's many ways to bear your cross and and i'm gonna just like in lawrence county in a whole we we visit a lot of churches with the boys home and we talk to a lot of people there you know there's 116 listed churches in lawrence county and we have a culture here that drugs have destroyed a lot of lawrence county and as a church we we've lost we've become comfortable and you know last week sean hit on it a little bit and he was talking about how everybody gives the gospel and you, you get the gospel and you get a car and all this stuff that's, it, you, you know, wealth, prosperity. all that. It, do, it doesn't exist. That's not what the gospel is about. The gospel is about bearing your cross, picking up your cross, about following Christ, about suffering with other people. You know, so we, we go into this and, and I'm not, you know, shaming people who wear crosses. I wear a cross. You know, what I'm saying is, is that we need to bear the cross more than just wearing it as jewelry. And so we go through these verses and Jesus is like, hey, if if you're going to follow me, pick up your cross. And so let's go back 2,000 years ago when Jesus was doing this. So when he said, hey, bear your cross, he literally picked up a cross and he carried it to Golgotha. It means the place of the skull. It was a a place where it looked like there was a head and it looked like a skull. And so he carried it to Golgotha and then he was nailed to the cross he carried. And so suffering is a part of the Christian's life. And we've got off on where we're comfortable in America and where we, we always are like, ah, eh, somebody else can deal with it. But I'm going to get back to the point of 116 listed churches in Lawrence County, and we fail to reach out to those who, and I'm not saying a Sherwood or, you know, I've been to a lot of them, there's churches that are doing it, but as a whole, we forget about those who are suffering. We forget about those who are poor in spirit. And we sit here and we say, I'm good. My neighbor might not be, but I'm good. And so we forget about that, and that's what the church was called to do. You know why Jesus was called a drunkard and he hung out with sinners and prostitutes? (laughs) And that's good company if you're a Christian, right? Because you're carrying the greatest news in the world, all right? The greatest news in the world is that Jesus Christ came and that he took the wrath of God. Okay, so the wrath of God. It's something really bad. We don't want to, to face that on Judgment Day. If we face the wrath of God on Judgment Day in ourself, we're going to lose. But Jesus humbly came, and he hung on a cross. And then he gives us a little tidbit of what's right here, because the disciples don't know that Jesus is going to a cross right now. They kind of, they, they think about it. Peter's like, don't do it. And like, he's like, get behind me, Satan. And you know, that was prior to this. And so Jesus is going to this cross, but they think he's going to be an earthly king. They think He's going to take over Israel, and He's going to lead them into glory, but actually, He's going to submit to the Father, He's going to be obedient to death, and He's going to die on a cross, and, and then the gospel comes to us. And so, now we have a way to lo, no longer be under God's wrath, but to be under His grace. So, we have Christ here who comes, and that He bears the wrath, and then He calls us to carry a cross, so He calls us to suffer. Matthew seven thirteen says this, it says, so whoever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. So God's wrath, and those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. So Jesus never came to say, hey, it's going to be easy. And and I'm telling you this from a standpoint of, of, I've I've lived this Christian life for a while now, and, and I've seen my family as a whole. Like, right now, as I'm standing up here, the family I have is my wife's side of the family. Outside of that, they have all turned their back on me, not because I have read them with the Bible, but because I gave them the gospel, and they rejected it. And it was like, you know, to my heart, you know, I was like, I, I pray for them daily, and I think, all right, they're under God's wrath, and I want them to taste that grace. And so, we must always understand that Jesus is the only way to heaven. There's no salvation outside of Christ, and He is the narrow way. So, God's narrow-minded when it comes to the gospel. So, when you're loving the gospel, it's never loving to tell somebody that they're on their way to heaven when they don't know the Christ. And so, we must always tend to be gentle and meek and kind and to... Tell them the truth in gentleness and kindness and meekness, but not, hey, you're going to hell. I mean, I hear that a lot from some preachers. They're like, hey, you're going to hell. And it's like, how, how's that helping them? You're not even giving them the gospel. You just say, here's God's wrath. All right. But what's the good news? The good news is that Jesus died for us. And then, and then you focus on the good news, and then the bad news starts going on in their mind. Because I, I know as a sinner, when somebody was giving me the good news, I thought, oh, man, that's where I'm going. <laughs> you know, so we, we have to be careful not to you know, be all wrath and to be all grace, but to meet right here in the middle, show them the grace, the wrath will be, you know, it, it's there. And so we must always be careful, but we always should focus that the, the gate is narrow, and it's, it's a hard path, and, and you might lose family. And we're gonna go over another verse here, uh, Matthew 10, 34 through 39. Uh, This is Jesus. He says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, and daughter against her mother, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross, again, bearing his cross, and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so this is another hard saying from Jesus. It's like, all right, so historically, my family's never been Christian. They've never really, you know, they might have went to church on Easter and Christmas. (laughs) You know, that's normally when a lot of people come. And it's all right. It's a good time to give the gospel. But historically, my family has always rejected Christ. And so when I came to faith, I I called the gospel divide because I was like, I had all this knowledge that just came to my head. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. I need to tell them. And then at the beginning, you know, I was this 17-year-old kid, and I'm just reading through the Bible. And at the time, I went to a church where it was like, Skirts, King James only, all this stuff. And so I'm trying to weed through what is true and what is right. And then I find myself presenting the gospel to my family. And then my family's like, oh, that's a phase. He'll get over it. And then, then they're like, he's not getting over it. Let's just stay away from him, you know, you know just quarantine him to his room when he comes home. And, and so I saw this start playing out, and then I read this verse, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. And you know, everything started falling into place, and God gave me peace and comfort that, you know, even in some of the stuff that I said, it was probably really crazy that my mom was like, this guy's, this guy's cuckoo, you know. But, uh, but God's grace is there, and, and I hope one day that my family comes to faith. And so Matthew, 18, or Matthew 8, 18 through 22, it says, Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave order to go over to the other side, and scribes came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury the dead. And so, I I know there's people in the room that have presented the gospel to their family, and they've struggled through this same thing. This is a hard saying. Jesus literally looks at this guy. His dad just died, and he's like, hey, let the dead bury the dead. And so, we, we see spiritual death here, but then also we see physical death. And so, in that culture, if you were the firstborn son and your father died, to get your inheritance, you had to bury your father, and so this guy is focused on his earthly inheritance. And Jesus just looks at him and says, hey, let those who are dead, spiritually, bury the dead. And, and come follow me. And so the disciple at the time said this is a hard saying, and he didn't follow Christ. And so there's a cost when it comes to following Christ, and, and not everybody's called to do a boy's home and, and things like this, and not everybody's called to be a preacher. Some people are called to sit in the congregation, bring their family, bring their friends to church, and to support the ministries that, that the church does. But we must always know that God is sovereign, and those who He's going to save, He's going to save. And, and we, we look at this, and we like, all right, I have the gospel. And I can give the gospel to. I'm blue in my face. But God's going to save the person he wants to save. And so we go through, and, and, and there's a line where you start casting your pearls before swine. And it's, it's a Proverbs. And, and you go through, and it's like, all right, you see them rejecting it. Now it's time to just move on. Dust your feet off and move on. And then uh, the next point I have uh, for a New Year's resolution is love your children. Um, I work with children a lot. And a lot of them have been abused, a lot of them have been uh, neglected, and love covers a multitude of sins. And when you teach your children the ways of Christ, here's two quotes, they're both unknown. I tried finding who they were, but I searched the internet and Google didn't bring it up, so I'm just going to say they're unknown. Uh, (laughs) It says, if we don't teach our children to follow Christ, the world will teach them not to. Uh, childrens are great. or children are great imitators. So give them something great to Im- intimidate, or not intimidate. <laughs> that word. Uh, so as a leader of your household, dads, um, you know, does your does your kids see you pray? Does your kids see you read? And I'm not saying be a Pharisee, stand up on the street corner and be like, you know, act really spiritual when you're not. But what I'm saying is, does he know you have a walk with Christ, or does she know you have a walk with Christ? And same same to moms. It's like. Uh, my mom never did, so I didn't get to see it. But I've seen it through lives of other other parents. And I'm like, I want to be like that. You know, I want my kids or the kids that we work with to see, hey, he's not just saying, you know, do this and he doesn't. But he says do it and he does. And so Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he'll not depart from it. And then also Deuteronomy, I, we're getting way back in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 says, uh, this is, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down. And so we have a practice at the boys' home where every day, when, well, it, it depends. Some days, we, since we've been over at our new property, we haven't had meal times exactly as we used to. But every time we sit down for a meal, we would read a psalms. And the kids loved it. And every time they go at night, we go in there and pray with them. And in the mornings, we encourage them to read their Bible. Not every morning do they get to read their Bible because of school, but it was, it was just this process that we were learning how do we be good leaders in the house. And, and I'm not... I'm not shaming anybody in that area, but I'm saying, hey, let's focus on that. Because if we focus on Christ and we really want to be cross bearers, the only way you learn the barrier cross is knowing the Bible. And so, let's know it. Let's live it. Let's read it. Let's breathe it. Let's be in it. And, and so, let's focus on Christ and teaching our children's, uh, children the way that God has told us, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul. And so... The gospel is not just for people outside of our house. The first person we should try reaching is our family. And if we focus on our family, I guarantee you this, our communities will be better, they'll be healthier, and everybody will start seeing the love of Christ. Because you know how everybody knows that you're a disciple of Jesus? Because you love one another. And so we must love one another, and sometimes loving one another is telling them a hard truth, and sometimes loving one another is looking past that sin. giving them grace. So again, there's a happy medium there. Um, Then the last point is, uh, it's a touchy one because I hear this all the time as I visit a lot of families I go in and they like, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. You can't love Jesus and hate the church. You can't because Jesus died for the church. And you know, men always, uh, I always kind of laugh at this one is because uh, we are called the bride of Christ. And so men look at this and like, that's weird. I don't want to be the bride of Christ, but we are. We are the bride of Christ, and one day Jesus is going to come back for His bride. He's not going to just come back for one individual; He's going to come back for the whole bride, in which we're all members fit together doing the work of Christ. And so, we must love the church. And Hebrews ten twenty-four through twenty-five it says, "And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another." and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so this isn't just talking about Sunday morning worship or Sunday evening worship or anything like that, but encouraging one another in good works to stir up in love and good works and not neglecting to meet together. I mean, this could be small groups. This could be, you know, Sundays. This is, we need to draw near because as you see the world progressing, it's not getting any better. I'm sorry to tell you that. It's getting worse. (laughs) So... Watch out, you know, Christ is coming soon. So we should, we should draw together. And, and as we see the, the day drawing near, we should love one another more and encourage each other more because I'm telling you, uh, our ministry is lonely. <laughs> and I have some, some friends that are around uh, the states that I call and I'm just, I just vent to them. You know, I just call them like, dude, you won't believe what happened today. And they, <laughs> they will be like, encourage me to love more, to good works. And so as this New Year's comes around, let's learn to love the gospel more, love Jesus more, be able to share it with our friends, because uh, I'm I'm telling you this, if you share the gospel, you're going to offend some, but God's going to save some. And so we must share the gospel. And then also we must love our children, because I'm telling you, Satan has destroyed the home. He's absolutely just destroyed the home and and let's not live in hypocrisy as as moms and dads. Let's let's live our faith out true and let's show our kids that we really love Jesus. And then the third one is to, to love the church. You know, love the person sitting next to you. You know, encourage them. And if you see one of your brothers or sisters in Christ struggling, you know, financially, physically, and you can meet that need, meet it. That's what the church is called to do. We're called to love one another. And so I'm gonna pray and then our you coming up so and then uh there's announcement i'll give it to you (laughs) so father thank you for your word and thank you for being faithful to us and god i pray that you would continue to draw us uh, nearer to you and that you would sanctify us wholly and god that you would allow us to um, be able to proclaim the gospel to love our families and to love the church and i pray this all in jesus name amen